0: They are going to party. Uh, They will print a lot of money because they don't understand what printing money results into. They will create all the kinds of virtue signaling.
1: Welcome to Proven and Probable, where we deliver
0: mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology.
1: Joining us for a conversation is Giant Bandari, the founder of Capitalism and Morality, and a highly solid advisor to institutional investors. Mr. Bandari, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, Maurice. What a pleasure to have you on the show, and what a very fitting time to have you on the program. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. It's
0: always a pleasure to be with you, Maurice.
1: (laughs) Likewise. You know, I want to begin today by saying if you're one step ahead of everyone, you're considered a genius. But if you're two steps ahead of everyone, you're considered crazy. I reference that because we've had the pleasure of having you in our program the last five years. And you've challenged us philosophically, politically, with reasoning. And you've been two and sometimes three steps many times ahead of us. So uh, I really want to get your thoughts on what's going on today. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that today you released a musing that I thought was extremely fitting for where we are in the West and where we find ourselves. And in particular, in the opening paragraph, you referenced a number of concerns facing the U.S. today regarding degradation, the impact of amoral uh, behavior and irrational behavior, and the hollowing out of our institutions. For those that have not read the musing, can you give us some insights?
0: Uh, Well, so, Maurice, uh, one interesting thing is that I grew up in a hellhole, a very confused society with no moral and rational uh, anchoring. Uh, And I can see where uh, such a behavior of such a culture takes you to. Uh, And that's where I see a problem with what's happening in the U.S. Uh, And I can also see what CEO of Google, who is an Indian, doing to uh, constrain freedom of speech in the world. I can see what the chief of uh, uh, censoring in Twitter, who is also an Indian, doing in Twitter, uh, and how they think and how they want to run lives of other people. And this is what I see happening across the US today. Uh, It is very sad to see that they have banned Trump from Twitter for life, um, and there there wasn't really anything about what he was saying that required him to be banned. But worse, they have banned for a few days Ron Paul, who is among the who is almost a saint-like figure today, uh, but he has been banned on uh, Facebook from posting uh, there. Uh, so uh, that is actually a product of the hollowing out of institutions where society has lost its moral moorings. Uh, and what we operate on today is virtue signaling what looks good rather than what is good. We want to please everyone. We want to be just nice sounding and pleasant all the time. Uh, but Keeping a society together, keeping a culture solid requires to be uh, objective, requires you to be uh, unemotional in so many ways, which we are no longer prepared for in the Western world.
1: You know, speaking of philosophy, degradation and morality, the U.S. is undergoing class and racial warfare, which is reaching very dangerous levels of instability. Giant, something has changed within the U.S. And I would contend the media is the main culprit causing the change and division that we're seeing right now. But outside of the media, what do you see that is fundamentally changing within the U.S.?
0: I don't agree that media is uh, what is, uh, is spearheading the change. Media does what people want to uh, accept uh, media is mainly a business supplying a product to the society. And if the society is interested, interested in virtue signaling, if the society is interested in freebies and populism, media mainly caters to that and makes them feel guilt-free about uh, their expectation for free stuff. So uh, I don't want to blame the media as such. The key culprit is the Bread and circuses masses who want uh, free stuff and who want a philosophical, a pseudo philosophical structure that supports their expectation for free stuff. Um, now, a lot of things have j- happened in the US, uh, uh, Maurice, and any degradation is always a result of several things working in concert with uh, each other. Um, You have a very multicultural society, uh, multiracial society in the United States and nowhere in the world has uh, multiculturalism and multiracial structure worked. And the reason is that most people are tribal. If you can emerge out, out of your tribal nature, uh, you can certainly operate with people from other cultures and other races. Uh, but given that most people are inward-looking within their own tribe, within their own culture, within their own religion, and within their own uh, race, um, you will have conflict. And uh, one of the best countries to look at for a never-ending ethnic conflict is India where people from uh, hundreds of different kinds uh, live together, always in conflict with each other, and there's no way to resolve those conflicts. Uh, and unfortunately, that is where America has brought itself to by bringing in people from all over the world uh, without an awareness of whether they would assimilate um, into the country or not uh, and that's why I think a lot of hollowing out of the institutions is taking place uh, also democracy is leading to a hollowing out because a large chunk of even the most enlightened society in the world would be interested in bread and circuses not philosophy not morality not reasoning which means that institutions become populist bread and circuses institutions
1: now Speaking of the media. Give us your thoughts on President Trump's relationship with the media and and what are the lessons that we can learn from this relationship?
0: Well, Trump has been clearly the best politician I have come across in my life. Uh, He has uh, done a lot of good to the society, a lot of good to the Western world. um, And he has done uh, a lot of good in terms of exposing the corruption that exists in Uh, governments, not just in the United States, but governments around the world, he has exposed uh, the corruption, severe, deep and broad corruption that exists in the media, and how flawed and biased the media is. And you can consistently see that in how, uh, let's say, CNN, uh, which is what I often go to, um, uh, uh, puts forth the news and how it completely ignores uh, uh, some of the good things that Trump administration is doing because they are so biased. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, e- Trump has done a fabulous job in exposing a lot of corruption uh, to do with the media, and that exists in the deep state uh, in governments around the world.
1: You know, before we look forward, let's take a look back at some of those accomplishments of President Trump. You know, A big feather in the Trump administration has been overlooked is foreign policy. How would you assess the influence and the successes of the Trump administration's foreign policy, in particular, in the Middle East?
0: Well, uh, but, uh, Maurice, uh, just yesterday, and again, CNN and most of the media completely ignored, is the fact that Trump administration opened up its relationship with Taiwan uh, so far America has uh, been—goes into high—you know, they, they don't openly interact with Taiwanese officials. For the first time now, they will be openly interacting with Taiwanese officials. Again, media did not even release that news. It's a huge, huge news, in my opinion. Uh, now, uh, Trump administration has done a fab lot of good things in foreign uh, in its foreign policy. It has shown uh, it. It is the first administration in the recent past to stand up to China. Uh, now, you know, Maurice, that I'm a big fan of China, but I also want uh, America to be uh, to have the upper hand uh, when it comes to China. Uh, Trump has been has had the courage to stand up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have sorted out so many problems to do with the Middle East. The problems in Middle East have reduced drastically over the last few years because Trump does not want forever wars in the Middle East. They have, for the first time, managed to create relationships between Israel and several other Muslim countries, each of which should result in a Nobel Peace Prize going to Trump and Pompeo. But that's not going to happen because the institutions are so corrupt. The Nobel Prize Committee is so corrupt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump has told Europe and Canada that they have to pay their own way for their defense. Uh, Something that America was paying for free for these countries. And I think that was a perfectly legitimate thing to do. Why should other countries get to piggyback for free on America? So again, Trump has done a lot of good things. Uh, most of that never gets even reported in the media.
1: we become so polarized in the United States. Looking forward, how do you see the U.S. evolving under President Biden?
0: Well, I think, Maurice, uh, with the end of Trump administration, this is pretty much the start of the end of the U.S. as the best country on the planet. U.S. will degrade rather rapidly. uh, And despite the fact that even today it is the best country on the planet, the forces, uh, the invisible forces playing underneath the peaceful facade Will completely change this country over the next few years. And the reason is that there's a massive chasm between the right and the left. Uh, The left is extremely leftist, it's radically left. The radical, the the left is no longer the liberal left, Uh, it's not the socialist, compassionate left. Not that I agree with compassionate left, because there are many problems that socialism and compassionate. Leftism results into, uh, but uh, the radical left that now controls the Democratic Party is all about give me free stuff, Uh, give me free stuff, I don't want to be responsible, and uh, getting free stuff and getting all the free stuff is my birthright. So that is the kind of extremely degraded, repulsive left that the Democratic Party has become. Uh, So there's a huge chasm within the U.S., uh, and that chasm means that the moment the left has a majority, which actually now has, uh, if you see, they actually have had uh, popular vote majority for the last uh, many uh, presidential elections. Um, Bush lost the popular vote. Um, uh, Trump lost the popular vote. Uh, when he stood against Hillary, Hillary Clinton, and now he has also lost his seat. Uh, now the Senate and Congress has also gone to the left. So they have now uh, no, no constraints uh, in terms of uh, how populist they want to become, They are going to party. Uh, They will print a lot of money because they don't understand what printing money results into. They will create all the kinds of virtue signaling. Yesterday, Biden came on the television. He gave a speech. He said that when he comes to power, he will help out uh, Hispanics, uh, blacks, uh, Asians, uh, and women run small businesses. Uh, which basically meant that he should have actually changed the sentence so that everyone except for uh, people of uh, European background would get, uh, males of European background would get free money. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the kind of strange anti-white racism has become uh, a big part of the country. and, And it's all based on virtue signaling.
1: You know, I have a book I'm reading right now. It's called A Conflict of Visions by Thomas Sowell, and he's referring hmm. to the constrained and unconstrained visions of of those views that you're referring to, and you're spot on. <laughs> spot on. It's a
0: fabulous book. It's a fabulous book. I read it many years back, and Thomas Sowell is one of the giants of American society.
1: Absolutely. I, I'd like to get him on the show one day. But uh, you, you, one of the things I always find interesting, and, and, you, you, and I see it going this way, the talk of reparations will come about. And I always wonder, for someone that's biracial like myself, do I pay half of what someone white pays and then do I have to pay, pay the other half back that I received because, you know, because I'm half black? <laughs> it's just, it's, an, it's unconstrained, it's never ending, and you can never satisfy anyone.
0: Uh, that's right. And uh, what if the what if you were brought into America by black slave masters? What if they sold you and what they uh, what if they forced you into slavery? Uh, and not all white people were involved in having slaves. It was actually only a minority of people who were involved in having slaves. Um, and, you know, Murray, slavery existed. Uh, slavery was the normal course of life in those days. There, there was nothing special about white people keeping slaves. Uh, Arabs kept slave far more slaves than uh, Americans did. Uh, they were, uh, and white people were traded as slaves as well. So why should it be only white people who should pay money to blacks and those blacks who did not even suffer from slavery, Uh, It was uh, their ancestors, if at all their ancestors, suffered from slavery. This is just so idiotic, the whole concept of reparation.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, because I I always reference, well, where did the slavery begin? The slaves were slaves of Africans (laughs) in in, in eras. Well,
0: Maurice, I have seen within my lifetime slaves. Um, I have seen slaves being taken from one place to another, in India, while I was growing up, there's nothing special about slavery. Uh, the fact is, Maurice, that you should let go of your past. We all, a lot of us, suffered problems when we were growing up. Now, I can't blame my childhood for my today. And actually, I had a lot of problems going in growing up in the hellhole of India. Uh, but I should let not blame India for my current uh, existence. Similarly. Or even more, uh, uh, you should not blame what your ancestors or, uh, you know, great, great, great grandfather suffered from. Uh, you are responsible for your own life and you are a loser if you blame someone, your, what your ancestors went through for your current condition.
1: That sounds like a little bit of uh, Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius there, huh? <laughs>
0: That's, yeah.
1: <laughs> a growing concern I often hear from those on the right is wealth confiscation. Should the citizens in the U.S. be concerned about wealth confiscation under the Biden administration?
0: Uh, Maurice, your wealth is no longer your wealth anyway. Um, your your property is seriously dependent on property taxes uh, the government uh, can increase property taxes whenever it wants to. Uh, so much of your wealth is in electronic form, uh, and which means that courts and the governments can freeze your bank accounts and your stock trading account uh, whenever they want to. They have uh, they, With your social security number, everything is connected. So they can freeze everything. Uh, they can re- deduct money from your accounts automatically when they want to. Uh, And all those things at some point of time will happen because uh, more than 50 percent of Americans don't have enough savings uh, and they have the vote uh, and they will uh, vote through the Democratic Party to uh, tax you or uh, take your money out of your accounts. Uh, And this will certainly happen. You cannot avoid it. And the reason is that... uh, Democratic Party today is again not a compassionate liberal socialist party. It's a radical left party. It has actually no uh, moral and rational uh, moorings. Uh, People like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Ilhan Omar, uh, they are uh, the symbols of how degraded uh, uh, leaders of our institutions have become.
1: Yeah, you've said a lot right there because it's amoral activity when you're stealing from someone and it's becoming an acceptable behavior why because you don't know the other person and you're the beneficiary of of the theft and so that's really uh, something that you always discuss as reasoning there is no logic or reasoning in that it's just simply amoral behavior i've noticed a lot of excitement in the resource space recently is the green deal a buy or sell in your view and why
0: um, well firstly anything any top-down uh system does not work life is very complex uh, complexity does not emerge from design it is always an organic process that complexity develops you can't really fundamentally change a society from top down uh, this is what democratic party wants to do. This is what communists wanted to do. They wanted to redesign the society. They wanted to redesign thinking of people. And you can't achieve your end goal that way. Um, My guess is that not only they will fail uh, in this New Green Deal, they actually don't have the money for it. Um, They can, of course, print money, but they would rather print money to give freebies to their supporters rather than to waste money and send it uh, down the drain uh, with the new green deal. The problem is that anything that is not productive uh, will not come to exist um, through the free market. Uh, and uh, by forcing it down on pe- down the throat of people, uh, they are merely putting in place, they would be trying to put in place unproductive industry. Unproductive industry eats itself up and it eats other things around it. As a result, the economy will suffer, and i don't think we have the capacity to destroy any more uh particularly for the new green deal so i don't think this will ever happen
1: yeah, great examples there of Venezuela and Russia, you name it uh, any any we we've seen it time and time again you know you d- you discussed uh theft and you discussed digital let's move into precious metals because they're analog and i I just want to know your thoughts here from a scale of one to ten, ten meaning the highest. What number would you assign to owning physical precious metals right now? Uh,
0: extremely important, Maurice. Uh, 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 you know, I, I think people really have to have a package of things that can protect their net worth. Uh, and keeping all your money in stocks or properties isn't going to help. Uh, you probably want to keep some of your money outside the, where you live uh, and uh, precious metals is an, a very important part of that portfolio, because this would be a wealth that ha- that you are fully in control of. Precious metals in physical form in your own pocket is something that you are fully in control of. Uh, and it's a very important part of your future security. Uh For a lot of people, in fact, Maurice, who don't understand the property market, and most people actually don't understand the property market, property markets are too expensive everywhere anyway, Uh, most people don't understand the stock market. Uh, They don't really have many choices except to keep their money either in their bank account, which gives them a negative yield and which can be confiscated by the government, uh, or to have something in physical form, uh, gold and silver being some of the key aspects of that something in physical form.
1: Which precious metals would you prefer to own right now, physically?
0: Um, Is it gold and silver? uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Gold and silver are something that uh, trade for the least amount of a spread, Mm -hmm. uh, which means that they are the most liquid uh, precious metals and you can trade them anywhere on the planet uh if i if you mentioned the word palladium uh, in many places they wouldn't even know what that metal is so i'm uh, you know it doesn't mean i have uh, i don't i'm not interested in palladium it merely means that if i wanted to protect my uh, my net worth uh, as a precious metals i can only think of two which is silver and gold
1: which i think is very prudent for you to say because i think too often, everyone's looking to get rich tomorrow. And you said savings. That's so important. It's a preservation of wealth and the precious metals, as Rick always says, is payment in full. It is not a government IOU. Those are very important words to understand. What financial words of wisdom would you like to impart for someone that does not own physical precious metals right now?
0: Well, again, you people have to look after their own interest. If they think that what would happen to other people can also happen to them, then they will suffer as the society slowly fall apart, falls apart and degrades. Uh, and a lot of people will become very poor because economy will suffer in North America. And as a result, economies will suffer in a lot of parts of the world, except in East Asia, I think. So uh, c- keeping uh, Precious metals is an extremely important part of your portfolio.
1: And as a reminder, I'm a proud licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Mills Investments. I'd be delighted to speak with you regarding your next bullion purchase, and that's physical delivery, no minimum purchase. Just be sure to check the description box below for contact details. Switching on to resource stocks. Is this the time to own them?
0: Um, well, there is always a time to own stocks, uh, Maurice, uh, because even when the market is very high, there is always there are always enough companies that you can find which offer you value. So you can make money while the market is going up and you can make money while the market is going down by focusing on individual companies that offer value. Um, so, yes, there's always time to invest in, in the market, and that is there's always a time to invest not just in the stock market, but outside, the, so not just in the resource sector, but outside the resource sector as well. So, yes, uh, my answer is unambiguously yes, uh, but also, Maurice, uh, what has happened over the last one year is that um, a lot of um, the, the, the precious metals and a lot of base metals have done extremely well. Uh, some of the smaller companies haven't necessarily done all that well and particularly in the last uh, one week when the market has been very volatile uh, a lot many of the many good companies at least companies that offer value have fallen more than they should have uh, and as a result yes there are uh, many opportunities in the market and I think people should keep an eye on them
1: would you mind sharing some of those opportunities that you're seeing right now
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maurice, we have talked in the past about a company called O3 Mining. The ticker is O-I-I-I, and it's trading at uh, about $2.80. It's uh, my largest position, a company that I quite like, and I think there's a very good downside support in this company and a very good upside as well. Uh, there is uh, another company called Maritime Resources. The ticker is MAE, and it's trading at 13.5 cents. Uh, there is no reason to chase it because they have a lot of warrants at 15 cents. Uh, but uh, 13.5 cents or lower might be a good place to accumulate because, again, the downside support is very good. Uh, and what is for me, downside support is extremely important because if I lose my capital, then everything is lost. So I want to protect my capital uh, whenever I invest, take a decision to invest my money.
1: Good words of wisdom there. Can I uh, have you reference one more company that uh, has my attention? How about New Legacy?
0: Um, well, New Legacy is actually a very interesting company. Uh, they have, uh, they are uh, trading at um, uh, 11.5, 12 cents. They are doing a financing at 12.5 cents. Um, and I think it's uh, worth for, uh, worth it for people to read what uh, Bob Moriarty wrote this morning, um, and w- which is actually very funny. People shouldn't be doing it, but what people do is that when financing is announced, people sell their shares in expectation of participating in financing, and getting free the so-called free warrant uh, as a result of it. Uh, but then they sell. Uh, their shares at lower than the financing price, which is what uh, New Legacy is trading at currently, Uh, which for me makes absolutely no sense. But this is how a lot of people think, which actually creates a great opportunity for people like me to buy. I don't want to participate in that financing. I want to buy it in the open market at 12 cent or less. Uh, They have a very good project in Nevada. Um, I, I like the management. Uh, they have uh, they have released a lot of shares in the past. They have done a lot of drilling. A lot of drilling has failed in the past, but that's the name of the game. You have to keep uh, working on their uh, projects and uh, try to develop those projects. I think they have a good plan in action, and I'm uh, and I'm a very good happy investor at the current share price.
1: And we plan to interview the CEO there. That's Albert Matter of uh, New Legacy in the near future. And, and then also the name that's synonymous with New Legacy and Irving Resources and Novo Resources is Dr. Quentin Haney. Any thoughts on Irving and Novo, sir?
0: Um, well, uh, again, uh, uh, Maurice, uh, Novo Resources is uh, trading at an extremely exciting price for me. Uh, I am uh, very keen on accumulating a lot of Novo Resources uh, at the current price and particularly if it continues to weaken. At the current price, uh, Novo Resources' uh, value is underpinned by Beaton's Creek project. Uh, so you pretty much get everything else that they have, the Karatha project, the mm-hmm. whole Agena, for free. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, you know, this is... Uh, and most of the reason why people invested in Novo was because of Karatha and the Agena and the western part of the uh, Pilbara area of Nova Resources. Uh, But uh, strangely, you are getting all that for free because most of the value is underpinned by Beaton's uh, Creek. They are fully financed. The company should go into production uh, sometime this quarter. Uh, And uh, my guess is, although they haven't released uh, an economic study, uh, they should be generating uh, about 100,000 ounces or more per year uh, at a very good profitability. So uh, I'm very interested in over-resources. Again, Ma- Maurice, this is a company that has fallen far too much because of some technical events. Uh, Kirkland Lake uh, uh, sold many of its shares mm-hmm. uh, and the market has b- become very negative about the company. Uh, but that is actually an opportunity for me to accumulate and buy this company.
1: Yeah, I really like the value proposition of it now being able to sustain itself organically. Uh, going into production and potentially no more uh, financings here to for share dilution it's you've got a great management team uh you really couldn't ask for more and uh what about irving there sir
0: well um, irving resources is a company that uh, is probably the third largest position of mine Uh, and uh, i have been uh accumulating it since the time it has started falling from $3.75 or so. Today, it's trading at $2.20. So it has fallen a lot, which means that I should be buying a lot more of it. But I own so much of it that I can no longer buy more of it uh, or else I would destroy diversification within my portfolio. And the only reason I did not name... Irving Resources to you earlier is because uh, I don't want to recommend something that I would not be buying at the same time. But uh, it's a a very inexpensive company, very exciting company, and it's in Japan. I love Japan as a a jurisdiction. I love Japan anyway. Um, So yes, a very good opportunity, uh, Irving Resources.
1: You know, it goes without saying you're the most respected name when it comes to arbitrage opportunities. Are there any arbitrage opportunities that you can share with us?
0: Uh, Yes, there is. Uh, There's a company called uh, Revello Resources, which is being acquired sometime this month. Uh, They are trading at about $0.17, and there's no reason to chase it. Uh, And it offers a nice upside uh, based on the merger uh, that's happening. $0.17, and the ticker is RVL.
1: We've highlighted the importance of philosophy throughout today's discussion. Sir, you're the founder of a philosophical forum based on reason, argumentation, and liberty. Please introduce us to capitalism and morality.
0: Uh, Yes, uh, Maurice, I've been running this seminar every year in Vancouver for the last uh, 10 years now. Uh, The next one will be held on the 24th of July, 2021 in downtown Vancouver, uh, and uh, people like uh, Jeff Deist of Mises Institute, um, uh, Rick Rule, um, Duck Casey, um, uh, 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 and, and a lot of uh, other names that you will recognize will be speaking at the event.
1: Hey Giant, for someone that's new to it, share the, uh, the link for us to see some past presentations. Where can they find those?
0: Uh, yeah, they can go to my website, uh, JayanthPhandari.com, and there's a tab there uh, called Capitalism and Morality, which actually links all the YouTube videos of all the past seminars, uh, all available for free.
1: And you can also register on that link, is that correct?
0: Uh, that's correct. They can register for the next uh, seminar, uh, which will be held on 24th of July, and of course, uh, any... Uh, if, Anyone registers and wants to pull out at a later date, that's perfectly fine. I make full refund of any registration money.
1: If you haven't attended, ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely must and share it with your family and friends if you have an opportunity to watch the videos of previous presentations. In closing, sir, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about?
0: Um, Well, um, Maurice, uh, it's been uh, very sad to see what's been happening to a to America, And uh, really, Maurice, uh, what people usually forget while they bitch about America is that while America makes a lot of mistakes trying to manage the affairs of other countries, America is also the arbiter of uh, keeping peace uh, around the world. So all in all, America has, a, has made a huge contribution, uh, made a huge contribution to the world despite all the flaws it has uh, had. Uh, with America becoming weak, you will see a lot of bullies rising around the world. Uh, tyrannies will increase around the world and conflicts around the world will increase. East Asia will emerge to be among the most stable part of the world. Uh, countries like Singapore, South Korea, Taiwan, uh, they will emerge as very good places to uh, keep your money. Japan as well and to operate from. So, um uh, I think people should try to understand what's happening to America and what influence it will hap- happen, have on the rest of the Western world, which will be very negative, because the rest of the Western countries cannot protect themselves without America, and the third world will basically disintegrate into pieces. So f- look at East Asia, and I'm very interested in what happens there.
1: Mr. Mindori, last question. What did I forget to ask?
0: Uh, well, I think uh, we have discussed a lot, uh, Maurice. Uh, I hope this uh, COVID situation clears up and I can hold my seminar on the 24th of July next year in Vancouver.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to being there with you. And one more time, please give us that website address, sir.
0: Uh, that's giantbandari.com. Uh,
1: Ms. Mandari, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you the absolute best, sir.
0: Great. Thank you very much, Maurice.
1: The information presented on Proven
0: and Probable